Welcome, everybody. Welcome to today's Industry 4.0 weekly live stream. We're here live every Tuesday at noon CST. So make sure to subscribe and ring the bell. And I'm here today with Mr. Paul O'Sullivan on today's Community Spotlight. So, Paul, welcome to the welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Zach. Delighted to talk to you. Yeah, so if you guys are new to this show, every week we like to bring on a member of our community. Paul's actually been a member of the community for over a year now and member of the mastermind and mentorship programs. And so, uh, but I actually, why don't I just give Paul, you an opportunity to introduce yourself uh, for anyone who doesn't know you. Okay, I'm Paul Sullivan. I'm the CEO and founder of a company called uh, Skellig Automation. Uh, we're a US company doing systems integration exclusively in life sciences. Um, and, you know, me, myself, I'm, I'm an engineer, that's my background, um, but I'd often classify myself as quite an average engineer. I'm, I'm not top tier like Walker or someone like that. What I was more of was the guy that was kind of like a bit like curious about engineering management and how it worked or as I saw it maybe didn't work in a lot of cases. And, and I kind of really found my passion kind of trying to set the stage for engineers more so than doing the work myself so that's what i love and enjoy and, and you know when i found walker on youtube i was like just blown away because i was like this guy is just speaking a language like nobody else there's authenticity here i haven't seen that before in our industry there's there's a helpfulness there's a straight to the point that, that i was you know just so blown away by it you know it was just you're like, saying before we before we went live you're not always a member of like these other meetups or other groups but you've you felt like something different you know why is why what's different here you know yeah i you know there's a there's a lot about um i guess systems integration um the consultancy driven nature of it that i don't like um and i, I struggle with and um i think that that ability to to figure out how to build trust and often and, and support an engineer like you know like not look at an engineer like oh they're a number on a spreadsheet like let's let's get into the maslow's hierarchy of needs in terms of them as a human being maslow is like just this kind of psychologist from like the 1950s that said some what's, cool shit. what's at the what's at the base and what's at the top of that hierarchy like what are oh, the... you know you know about it okay so like you know it's basically like you know food water shelter uh, you know at the base and then as you go up it's you know about learning and understanding and then self-actualization is at the top and what, what i saw yeah and you know and what i saw and was frustrated by was like being part of these projects or you know surrounded by engineers that i thought were like really great engineers but either they weren't being heard or they didn't feel like they could speak up in meetings or they were working in a process that just wasn't optimal and then you hear about like elon musk or google or someone doing something cool and you're like what, we're not doing that. Why can't we work in a, an innovative way? Like, you know, if you had some innovative idea, I had a colleague back in the day and he had this really cool idea and he was so excited about it. And he pitched it to the company and they're like, nah, nah, cause we sell hours. That's all we do. That's, <laughs> we don't want to do that. Uh, you know, and it's I, like, I hate the concept of selling hours. I just, yeah. I despise it. But um, yeah. if you guys have any questions for Paul, leave them in the chat. A lot of people were, interested to hear from you today, you know, knowing that you're an expert in the life sciences industry. And um, so 
if you guys have any questions for Paul, I have a question. What are the challenges you're talking about? The unique challenges of the life sciences industry um, that you're experiencing today. Yeah, I'm, uh, life science is a fun place to be. Or you know, it's a great place to be because there's there's real change happening. You know, and you can feel it. Like um, I feel like not much changed since I started, and then all of a sudden, new conversations started to come up around COVID, and like, oh, do we really need to? Can we take a look at this dogma and kind of just at least take it out and have a look at it? Like, and there's a lot of new and cool conversations happening. And what are, what's some of the dogma? Um, the, the dogma around things are the way they are and they're not going to change anytime soon because they work. So we don't need to change them. Yeah, it's clunky and messy and we get, but we get there in the end. So the project always gets done, but how you get there and then incorporating some learnings about how you got there so that you don't go through the same painful process next time. A lot of times projects have been, you know, you know kind of a clunky mishmash of consultants coming in to try to work with a client to get a project or, or a facility up and running and then everybody has this beautiful lessons learned at the end they're like oh yeah you know we're going to do the next one brilliant and then everyone goes their separate ways and you know the cycle kind of continues and michael dowdell just said there the patient is waiting so that's we're starting to hear that in pharma now that's the new, yeah, Michael Dowdell there on the chat there. I just Pretty saw it pop up. That's thanks, awesome. Michael. Yeah, that's exactly what we're starting to hear now. The patient is waiting. Let's look at this stuff. Let's look at how we're doing what we're doing because we can't take two to four years to build a factory. We need multi-product fa factories now. 15 years ago, you needed, like, let's say Pfizer or someone like that was going to bring out a big blockbuster drug, right? They wanted a facility that was going to make just that drug for the next 20 years. Mm, and, yeah, we don't we don't live in that marketplace anymore. We don't. And we, when when you were in that environment, it was okay to take two to four years to build that facility and to do this full blown. Now it's not that. Now they're buying OEM bioreactors and chromatography skids, and they're like, we don't have time to properly do any kind of systems integration. So let's just Let's just buy what the OEM sells us in terms of automation, and the op and that can often present a lot of, you know, poor user experience on the OPEX side of things. And because the operator, you know, there might be a Siemens PLC and HMI on this skid, and then there's a Rockwell thing on this other skid, and you know, and if if they wanted to make any changes, the OEM is typically not the systems integrator. It's like yeah, and it's expensive, so they don't, so it doesn't happen. It's expensive, but it's also hard to get access to the people that wrote it because some integrator somewhere partnered with that OEM at some point in time, they wrote some code, the, then they locked down that code. So when the, the OEM sold that whole skid, they didn't say, oh, and here's the keys to the automation. If you need to make any changes, work away. They mm -hmm. said, no, this is our code. It's locked. Don't you dare touch it. And, you know, and that makes it hard to maintain then. So, you know, you're dependent on the OEMs who just sold you some equipment to then kind of coordinate to get some bug fixed or something small changed. And it just doesn't work very well right now. So there's that they are some of the things, but what's important to note there is that you can't, the, the industry is changing and they're impatient with the old system integrator process. And they're saying, well, you know what? We don't care that the automation doesn't work perfect. We just need to be making product in a couple of months. 
So we're getting this stuff and we're sticking it in because it's validated and we can just put a mm. wrap, wrapper around it. I, I do know validation is a huge component of life sciences. Michael Dowdell said industry 4.0 should streamline regulatory processes, protocol and validation. Yeah. I have a question, Paul, if you were, let's say you were the, um, on the steering committee of the industry 4.0 life sciences vertical team, what would you suggest or recommend to any life sciences manufacturer working with a brownfield manufacturing plant or getting ready to break ground on a greenfield new plant for industry 4.0? What would you recommend? What would I recommend? Um, I, I mean, and and assuming they're going to go down the typical legacy path of going to Allen Bradley and building a plant, or you know, go, like you said, having some of your skids with Siemens and some of your skids with Allen Bradley, no cohesive thought on the product that is the plant. That's a great question, and I'm trying to get to a stage where we can answer it properly. Because um, so, so here's what I mean by that. You know, when Walker first started talking about this stuff and I was like, geez, that's amazing. We need to have that in life sciences. And then I paid for one of those one-on-one -on -one calls with him or a couple of them. And he's like, dude, you need to have a proof of concept. You know, you you, you just need that. Like, and, and he's totally right. We can't sell industry 4.0 on slides. And there's consultancy companies out there that are doing digital transformations and all that kind of stuff. And you know, it's not a holistic approach and it's, it's just, you know, again, it's that same hours model. So it it's not well thought through the way Walker has it thought through. And you guys are are new and different. And what the industry needs is 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 that authentic approach presented to them in the way they can digest and understand. And have what you gone sorry, go ahead. No, no, go on. I was gonna say have and that's kind of where I was getting to is that authentic presentation of that approach to the entire company, all of the different cross-functional cross groups, that is the DTMA process. And that's where I was at gonna, my next question was, yeah. have you been in talks with a client about doing a DTMA or have, no. you, done a D, have you done a DTMA yet? No, we haven't. Um, trying to work with um, like gallerist, uh, John McKeown, who's awesome. And gallerist is a pretty cool company. And they're, they're like, I'd say they're like, at least 12 months ahead of Skellig and where we are. And what we're trying to do is kind of learn and understand. And we have actually, let, let me talk about this for a second, because this might be useful to some of the, the users on here. When I first saw the Walker stuff, I was like, this is amazing. And then I looked internally. We've, so Skellig now is about, uh, I think we've got 73 engineers. Um, so we're pretty decently sized as an automation integrator, but we're all you're being humble because a lot of that was in the last year. You've grown yeah. a lot recently. So yeah, which COVID, is awesome. COVID was weird because at the start of COVID, I was like, oh, geez, you know, how are we going to keep everybody busy? So you kick into high gear. And then next thing it was like, no, nobody actually canceled projects. People started projects started popping out of the woodwork. And we did a COVID job, uh, which was pretty awesome. And, you know, and we also like a COVID vaccine job. And then you know, also just the regular projects just kept coming as well. So it was pretty amazing. Uh, and we're doing a lot of work to build the right infrastructure. Again, for us, the engineer is the most important thing. So like, how can we set the engineer and set the stage right for them to do great work? And a lot of the DTMA stuff, that's in our future, but we're not ready for that yet because we're starting on the plant floor and we're trying to digest everything you guys are saying uh, from an industry 4.0 perspective 
and try to adapt and listen to that. And we're so not, you know, we're so plant floor, it's not funny because, and, and Walker calls it industry 3.0 system integrator, where you specialize in one layer of the stack. Do not ask me anything about MES. I'm very surface level on MES. You know, and then when Walker starts talking about ERP and stuff like, like you know, that's revolutionary stuff. Like we, I, and, I, and I, I recognize and I'm like, yeah, as engineers, this is our growth opportunity because in life sciences, you know, sometimes I mention to clients, I'm like, you know, I'm learning what I'm, we're learning what MQTT is. And they're like, what's that? You know, and it's, we're, we're not, that's where the conversation's at. People are just starting to get told, hey, you need to know what MQTT is. And, you know, some clients are getting told, you need to move away from Emerson and Rockwell and you need to move to Ignition. And our clients who are plant floor managers and stuff like that, they don't quite understand why that's coming. And I, I kind of know because I'm, I bet there's someone's listening to one of the clients. They were like, they, they told, actually one of the guys told me, he's like, oh, you know, our top management sent us these YouTube videos. And I was like, oh, was it Walker? And he's like, yeah, it is actually, yeah. And it's like, you know, it's pretty funny. It's like Walker's getting out there and what he's saying is really important. I feel like I went off topic and I didn't answer your question. Um, so let me backpedal to that. Um, you know, what what essentially needs to happen is education first. In pharma, we're, we're, we're not ready, um, but we need to start moving towards more, more low code, more boxing stuff off, but boxing stuff off in a way that's useful. Um, what I mean by that is not having that automation with the OEM package that's locked out and it's not accessible or, you know, it's inconsistent or it's not ready to to communicate properly. Like we, we need to have like up to 22 PLCs on the plant floor. Like right now, most of my job is Delta V, right? So we do Delta V morning, noon and night. And I'm- Would you say Delta V is an industry 4.0? company like would you say they're on the right path to becoming one or would no. you say they are like are they closer to rockwell or are they closer to oh, factory studio yeah no it's a great point um no look emerson and emerson owns delta v and delta v is uh, it's a great system but it's a it's a great system when you're doing batch in life sciences and it's 2005 to 2015 when you're looking so at there's better technology is what you're saying nicely there is yeah but it's 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 not bad technology it's just not the right fit for where things are going and, and you know and, and i've thought about this a lot because i want to because when you know something you want to mm -hmm. make that work and it's like but, i want to answer this one real quick uh woodian molerno van der Zee. What about the siemens s7 1500 mqtt integration is there also a spark plug b library available I want to say I, I recall Walker saying it was coming for Siemens. Um, if not, I would recommend joining the Discord and then talking to Lewis, uh, Lu Luis, Lewis um, in the Discord. He's with Siemens and he's very active and he's very helpful. And so, so that, yeah, yeah, Siemens are actually interesting, aren't they? They're like you know, because like I would have thought of them as like Emerson and Rockwell. They're and they're mo they're mo moving the right direction. They are, they, yeah, they are. I know Emerson are trying some stuff too, but I don't quite know a lot about it. They, they, I think they're calling it some kind of, oh, I forget what they're calling it, but I know they're starting to acknowledge that MQTT is a thing and you know this kind of way of communicating, but they're reacting. But Siemens has been much more proactive about Industry 4.0 and, and Pharma, I think. Um, 
Michael Dowdell confirmed not Sparkplug B yet. So Siemens, if you're listening. Yeah, I know there's an effort with Bioforum. Um, Bioforum is this thing where they try to bring all the big pharma companies together and bring these uh, uh, platform groups together like Emerson and Rockwell and Siemens and say, all right, guys, look, we're doing all these special flowers of projects and like we need stuff to start working together and talking together. And they're, they're trying to do stuff in the right direction. I just don't know if it's going to, if they're going to pull it off. I'm just not sure. Cause you know, the, the purity of the approach, uh, you know, uh, um, Matt matters. <laughs> it, it does. It does. And it's, it's like, you know, it's like half the reason why people buy Tesla's is not just because they're a better car made better. It's also because of the mission of the company. Like yeah. they're getting behind it. They become part of And if they're owning the stock, then they're also becoming wealthy along with that journey too. And that's kind of, that's the idea of industry 4.0 It's something that empowers the people. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. And you want to empower these people that want to build a great facility to make multiple products and to like the problem you mentioned validation. Validation doesn't really need to exist if you can eliminate the the need for a lot of code changes. And it's because we're very inefficient with code changes and we have designs that, that tweak in certain ways that result in, hey, we need to change the design, we need to add code, or we need to take code, or we've got to validate that, we've got to go through that. You can simplify a lot of the validation approach by eliminating a lot of the coding and but doesn't the unified namespace, like, I remember we did it. We did actually did a life sciences mini course, which yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave a link to that below if anyone's interested. Uh, we actually, anyone that's in mentorship, they get access to that life sciences mini course. But you know what would be cool is if we did, like, let's say we got Walker, you, and John. I, I love how you say John McKeon, by the way. That's awesome. Yeah. How you say it? Walker goes John McKeon. And I'm like, who the hell is John McKeon? <laughs> it's like John no, McKeon. Saying, okay. <laughs> So, yeah, and then a, we do like a life sciences vertical mastermind or something like that, and then we we put a call out to all the master all all the life sciences um, manufacturing engineers and digital transformation officers in our network, yours and uh, you know GIS's area, and we we you know get them all together in a room and we show them how it's done. Basically, or we we work with them to yeah. get them to that. Uh, epiphany or that realization of this is the correct architecture, you know, the unified namespace. Um, that'd, that'd be pretty awesome because um, honestly, you know, so last year uh, we interviewed and, and, and hired a director of innovation at Skellig and her job, Julia, she's in the mastermind as well, Julia Sprangle. Her job is to, to lead our implementation of that OT stack, that proof of concept. And she's pulled in Galerus GIS um, but what we notice with our own engineers is when they're so busy on projects, the, the mentorship training and the mastermind training, it's quite a, it's quite the endeavor or it's quite the undertaking and we need to change our tactics and we're going to do that. We're going to, we're going to pull some people from some projects to get them, Hey, just do this for two months, you know, or three months. Um, That's because, a, yeah, you could definitely, if, if you had no other obligations, you could definitely do it in two to three months. Yeah, and and that's that's what we need to shift because you know um, it's there's so much content there. But as an organization, we need to build those muscles around really understanding. Yeah. 
we're trying to make it better too. So your feedback is helpful and your engagement and participation, everyone that's part of the group, they make it that much better, you know? Um, like Dave Schultz, I give him a shout out right now. He was helping me prepare. Uh, like I, I was like, you know, I, I, I'm in the discord all day, but sometimes I might miss questions, right. That I pin for the live Q and a, and it'd be helpful to have a second pair of eyes. And Dave Schultz was like, I got you. And he went, he went, scanned the discord and, you know, helped find some, some good questions that we'll get to later in this live Q and a, hopefully. <laughs> and, um, so. What you guys have done, I think you guys, it's not just about like, oh, it's kind of cool to get the way walkers putting out these videos, but the, the vision and the mission behind what you guys are doing is, is just, that's going to be the difference. Like you guys are going to change manufacturing in America. There is no doubt about it because you get people to buy into it. I want to buy into it. Like I, I'm fucking, I love it. And I'm like, oh yeah, this, this is it. This let's, all I want to do is have us as an organization honor and try to implement what Walker is saying should be the way things are implemented. And I think if we can digest and understand that for life sciences, or at least help our life sciences clients understand and unlock the value in what Walker and you guys are saying, and then what you've created in this discard thing, this discard community is beautiful because you're pulling in all these people and they're sharing and there's authenticity and there's dialogue and honesty. And that's just different. You know, that's cool. Cause that's where you get to collaborate. That's the coffee shop in the 16 or the Renaissance or whatever, you know, like we, we, we get to talk about, what we're struggling with, like, look at you there. Oh, that's great feedback. I get to joke. Did you see all the memes? Like we started doing yeah. posting memes the other day. <laughs> yeah, I tried to think of a few for that. That was pretty cool. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, keep doing that. So um, do you have any questions for me or the group? Actually, I was gonna, I wanted to do like an AMA, you know, because, you know, Walker, uh, I just found out today, um, but we're actually thinking about, you know, like, you know, Walker gets very busy doing DTMAs. And so we we're kind of thinking maybe we'd do like an alternate schedule where I lead the, the Q and a one week and then he leads it the next week. So that way we have more, um, flexibility in our schedule. And, but in, in any event, um, you know, he's like, Hey Zach, I need you to cover for me today. So I'm like, okay, I got this. And no then, um, yeah. so, uh, but I was going to say, yeah, ask me anything. Um, what do you, so, and I asked this to another company recently, cause they're like, they've got this really cool technology and they're in the MES space and we stayed away from the MES space. We're plant floor people. Um, just because we didn't quite feel confident, like, the, you know, but there's been this new technology, like, and we want to partner with them and we want to try to figure out how to help them. But it's the same kind of question. It's like, what? What, what as system integrators or as engineers, like obviously as an engineer, it's like sign up for what you guys are teaching and try to apply it and digest it. Hard, but, but what <laughs> it is it? Seems uh, hard to not be like a shill, you know? It's like, yeah, we've designed everything you need right here. No, yeah, um, but, but what do you want from system integrators? Because how do we digest it? Because, like, what I saw was like, okay, well, let's pay for a bunch of people to sign up for mentorship, and then it's like, but how, how do we help them? get through this like and i know you've got the discord but right time is a i don't know there's something that you know i'm changing tactic like i said and we got so this is it. this is um i always find time as an interesting like not not ex excuse but like yeah 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 
it's like, you know, right. if time is, you know, like if time is the function, then, then you make time for what's important. Yeah. You should prioritize yeah. doing mastermind because then your projects will be that much more efficient, which will free up time, you know, like through that automation and through that ar uh, correct architecture. Yeah. Um, for, you know, for I, me, like, for me, a yeah. lot of our clients aren't even ready. Like we need that proof of concept and then, um, we're going to start pitching that or ex trying to use that as a jumping off point and, you know, but yeah. So, um, so in your case, it's a little bit easier cause you have like a, a, a large team. Um, what I find interesting, I have conversations with, and these are some of the best conversations that I have is like with, um, like clients or, um, you know, I, talking with someone who wants to join mastermind and it's just them like they are an integrator shop they've been doing it for 10 20 years it's just them um and they're like they have a a more viable excuse for time because it's like they literally have to keep doing their projects that they currently have in order in order to stay in business right because it's just them right they don't have you know um an ability to kind of just dive into it head first and I think for um, for those for people in that situation, what I would what I've suggested uh, once or twice was, you know, try to find a client that is willing to go on that journey with you. And if it's a function of time, time is you know money buys you time, right? So if you charge for the DTMA, which we recommend everyone charge, no, we don't recommend anyone do a DTMA for free, even if it's your first time, because you're devaluing that process. And we all know that if a client doesn't pay for something, then they're yeah. not going to value it. They're, no. You know, this is one of the, we were talking about this last Friday and Srihari was like saying, you know, here's the three things that I, you know, kind of come across to, um, you know, we come across when we do, when I'm talking about a DTMA with a client, either one, they're all on board, they're ready to do it. Or two, they're, they, they want to do it, but their other people in their organization don't like can't get buy-in right there's so they don't have the time so they kind of want to start with a smaller proof of concept like outside of the purview of the the entire company mm -hmm. and so that's another scenario and then the third scenario is they are just totally closed-minded they're used to working with industry 3.0 integrators that would happily come in have three or four meetings for free just to get a larger project in the end so but we don't we don't we don't do that because we'll literally just waste clients will just waste our time and so Therefore, we don't do that. We charge for the DTMA because it's more for the client's benefit. But in any case, where I was getting to with was this was find a client that's willing to go on that journey with you, join Mastermind and get the resources you need, the, the training you need to do the DTMA and also the documents and the resources in order to have the right questions to ask and have the format to do a proper DTMA and have the right scoring. Yeah. It's not like that process is necessary. Like once you have the right training and you know how to do it, you're going to learn by going through it. You're going to learn so much by going through your first DTMA. So mm -hmm. even if you're not like quite ready to do it yet, find a client that's willing to go on that journey with you and then, um, you know, charge the charge the rate that it is. And then you have the resources in order to use some of that money to buy the training in order to know how to do it. Right. It's like if you just keep waiting until you have the money to buy mastermind and then learn how to do it, you'll just always be stuck doing industry 3.0 projects when all it takes is the you deciding you want to do it saying yes and then finding the right client that will go on that journey with you and you know fund it basically right yeah. you know if you can't figure out how to do something you just got to figure out how 
to structure it in a different way to make it possible. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that's 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 exactly right, and it's um, um, and that, that's what I, you know, trying to do that with like you know, like engage. Like I asked the Discord community, hey, who could help us build this unified namespace on top of our, you know, we built out these Delta V um, units internally, so like bioreactors and chromatography skids and. You know, Galerus and Intel, you, they're going to help us pull together that into a unified namespace within, uh, with Ignition. And um, but we're, we're also, our engineers and Julia, who's leading it, like we're learning from that firsthand as a process and trying to, okay, that's how they're doing it. This is how, they're, this is how they pitched it. This is how they defined it. Um, and then, you know, we want to partner with anyone that wants to partner to try to bring value then. Like the way I see our job right now is to this is new. It's the right thing to do. We got to digest it and understand it, and help our clients, and help pharma because we're going to stay in life sciences. So how do we help digest this for pharma? Because what you guys are doing is clearly the right thing. You know. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. Um, so at this point in the Q and A, we uh, like the question. Like yep. question and area, uh, question and answer area. Um, Kishore asked, quick question, uh, what can be a good area for immediate ROI? Um, I like Michael's, Dottel's answer, uh, compressed air applications um, for efficiency and then also using an ANZO on board for like MES, OE uh, applications. I'd say a lot of our proof of concepts that come out of the DTMA phase, we're finding an area in the plant where we can have a hive you know, high impact OEE system. And then we scale it on that. Um, we use the results of the ROI from that implementation to scale out the rest of the infrastructure to the rest of the plant. Great sure. question. Awesome. Yep. Very good. Anything else, Paul? Um, yeah, sorry. I'm with my life sciences head on, hat on. I'm like, um, I think, um, you know, one of the things I've been fascinated about, like talking to John McKeon, John McKeon, um, was, um, you know, like some of the, some of the technologies from a cybersecurity standpoint, like dark trace and I forget the other one, but like, um, just the potential for, for them to help uncover some vulnerabilities within within the operational technology stack because things are connected. They are getting connected. And, you know, you hear through the grapevine about ransomware that maybe didn't make the news. And so it is happening. And um, did you hear they um, just recently moved? That's going to be, I don't know why it wasn't before, but like ransomware is now an act of terrorist or act of terrorism. Oh, yeah. Is that with that new White House bill? Or that yeah, thing, yeah. Where they started acknowledging which means, yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, it makes sense. Because um, otherwise, it's just, we were talking about this. It's just kind of fud, you know. It's fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Like saying somehow to you know to take that attack, which I don't know the specifics of it, but um, all I know is that had they had the right architecture, it might have been like a a, a like. What is it called? Human engineering or social engineered where, you know, you basically tricks, you trick someone who has access to give you access, you know, kind of like a backdoor, in yep. which case it's kind of 
you know, it's not necessarily the technology's fault, but in any case, they, they probably still would have been in a better environment had they had a edge driven, um, you know, had they had an edge driven report by exception, IOT architecture, it would have limited, uh, you know, limited the attack, you know, Oh yeah. Vector. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the internet's here, people are connecting everything. So your OT stack is connected or someone can bring a USB stick in, like you said, uh, intentionally or otherwise someone's going to get to it. So, you know, building with intention and acknowledging the threat is real, so to speak. And, you know, kind of like looking at these old, older facilities or this older style and kind of securing from the ground up is absolutely critical, you know? Awesome. All right. I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump into the live Q and a session or the, uh, the slide deck that we have. There's a lot of questions, so hopefully I can get to them all and, uh, I'll do my best at answering them. Excellent. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the stream today, Paul. Can you guys see that? No bother. I hope your phone is just ringing off the hook after this. <laughs> I don't as if you as if you actually had a phone <laughs> if you guys want to reach out no seriously if you guys do want to reach out to Paul join the discord reach out to any of us um, right at the top you'll see all the mastermind uh, people in mastermind and mentorship and everyone yep um, architect industry 4.0 career this is Friday and uh, we've been promoting this event for like two months now this is going to be the biggest event in industry 4.0 not that, just ever uh, because you know, like you said, Paul, we're, we're here to make an impact on the industry. We, we have, ex you know, we've experienced this and we're here to share it. Um, and, and in a market where there's a lot of confusion and, um, FUD and mi misinformation being spread, we would like to share with the community, how to actually architect your industry for career. What are the skills that you need uh, to learn? Where do you get started? What's going to be the best use of your time and uh, how to accelerate your you know, career growth? So if you guys are not already, there'll be a link down below to register for that. Uh, Omar asks, is there any 4.0 use case in which um, is not based on time series data? Uh, yes, Omar. At first I had a hard time thinking of some examples, you know, cause I thought, you know, what is all data except the series, a stream of time series data? Like, you know, what is time gonna stop? But uh, transactional data, like uh, data with inside your ERP or like a list of your equipment. It's not necessarily a time series data. Um, you know, you might have a time stamp of when that piece of equipment was last modified or, you know, when that transaction or that sale happened or occurred. Uh, but that's more transactional uh, ERP type of data or, you know, MES data. It's data that lives in a database is more so, um, you know, that's your, that, that's your, uh, your master data, you know, master data model, MDM, that, that type of data is not time series, but anything that's coming off of a sensor or off of your production line, you know, counts, things like that, temperatures, uh, you know, machine running, those are all your time series data, obviously. Um, how can SMEs move to industry 4.0, uh, because of limitation of their capacities? So someone shared this. I guess we were kind of talking about this earlier. Like it's kind of hard to move to 4.0 when you're so busy doing things the old way, but yeah. it is a limitation of their capacities, right? 
But yeah, but it's like, look, why did you become an engineer in the first place to, to solve the, these fun challenges? Industry 4.0 is the biggest, funnest challenge that we have right now. And what it needs is for people to slow down, to speed up. All right. And or that's my opinion anyway. So, you know, right. we need to we need to learn. We need to build the muscles about share sharing knowledge and helping each other and 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 growing as a community because a lot of the stuff right you know like look a lot of the stuff we've come from in the past has been knowledge is power and if i know something i sure shit i'm not going to say it to you because then you'll know it and uh, you can use that to win a job and blah 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 and, and that's such a s silly old way of thinking like what this discord and what this community is about is kind of all right if i have something valuable to say i just say it or if you know i try to be as authentic and open as possible and you see that, you know, from all the people that are in this community, they're all trying to be helpful. And I think that's the ground floor. So, you know, finding people that are going to help you and just committing to going on the journey of learning this stuff so you can add real value then because you're not just, oh, you're copying the slide deck and you're going to pitch that and, you know, Jesus, you know, like take the time to really digest and learn this, you know. Mm, that's the worst is when people are <laughs> using the words, but they'd have no idea what the words actually mean. Yeah. I said this the other day, but I'll say it again. I had a conversation with someone who was quote unquote leading digital transformations for one of the big three and self-admittedly like said, he doesn't really know what industry 4.0 like technology wise is yet is out there marketing the shit out of it. Yeah, it's like, that's, what, that's, why, that's why my company is <laughs> like, you're making it. our job that much harder, you know? <laughs> yeah, because, and, anyways. Look, and that's that's the scary thing for me. Like, what, what if I was to say, oh, yeah, like, let's plaster that up on the website. Skellig does digital transformations. Well, who, you know, because Paul O'Sullivan is not confident enough yet to make, to you know, we need to build the muscles and we're doing it quietly now. That's why we're part of this community. And we're trying to figure out, right, how do we get our engineers, you know, to understand what this is and start to build that muscle around mm -hmm. it, it being able to execute. So when we do say it and a client says, oh, can you help us? Yeah, we can, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Awesome. And we don't, we don't just destroy your reputation for, oh, these guys are associated with 4.0 and they haven't a clue. <laughs> no, I, I, I appreciate that, you know? Um, I'm gonna, I'm never gonna, if someone's talking to me and they're, I'm always going to encourage them. You know what I'm saying? I'm never going to be like, no, yeah, I think you should wait. You know, I'm going to be like, no, I think you should push. I think, you know, but um, in yeah. any sense, I respect the fact that you say, no, I'm not ready yet. I will take that any day over someone who is clearly not ready, but claims to be, you know what I'm saying? Um, Jordy, uh, a recording will be available. I, I believe it's going to be available immediately. Um, yeah, I think we're just going to we're probably just going to leave that event as a public recording on YouTube for anyone to view ever. And we're not going to put that behind a paywall uh, because mentorship alone, you know, accomplishes that for us, uh, which, by the way, mentorship, um, if you guys there's like four, 40 or 50 of these more uh, remaining. Well, not this, but there's a swag pack sponsored by Phoenix Contact. Um, everyone in mentorship and in mastermind, because mentorship is included with mastermind we'll get a swag pack that has 4.0 swag and phoenix contact swag uh, featuring the plc next so and that's at no additional cost to you mentorship price has not increased since the day we launched it we're very proud about that 
ultimately i'd want to decrease the price over time of mentorship and increase the price of time of mastermind kind of like how tesla you know they you they kind of widen the gap their their high-end models get more expensive their low-end models get cheaper that's kind of what i want to do but i don't know it's it's trying to convince Vaughn of that but in any case keeping it at the same price is really important making it affordable for everyone while also yeah. giving us the resource someone didn't really realize this so i guess i'll say it again mentorship your guys' subscription and mentorship and your guys's engagement in mastermind makes this possible it allows us to do this which in turn allows you guys to go out there to your customers and have conversations like you know you had hey someone shared me a bunch of these videos by the way it was from 4.0 solutions so we're giving you guys that ammunition so thank you yeah um on, when you mentioned swag i i got this bang of guilt because uh couple of months ago, Dan Riken said, oh, Paul, could I send you some swag? Um, and it's still, Dan, it's still sitting in my garage. I haven't pushed it out to the team, <laughs> and I'm so sorry. I, uh, I have, I, th those are going to be collectibles. Those are the original uh, edition. I'm going to get them uh, out. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry. <laughs> we, but we've, you know, we've since, um, the, the, yeah, that was a limited batch run custom made by uh, Dan. And that really goes to show, like, you know, the engagement of the of the loyal group that we have, which is awesome forgiven <laughs> thanks dan um so let me go back into uh the presentation here oh so yeah um so whether it's a limitation of their own capacity their own time or uh, obviously a, a limitation of capacity of their machine they're looking to improve capacity or just even understand what their actual capacity is if if you're not tracking your capacity digitally you don't have an accurate idea of what your capacity is so you can't really um, intelligent. You can't accurately answer a question about your capacity until you are. If you know, if you're trusting your operators to write this information in by hand because you think that it somehow you know gives them ownership of the data, then you know, <laughs> you're yeah, you're not making accurate decisions with data. Well, it speaks to quality too. If quality is super important to you, and if you know, there's it's it's never. It's it's cheaper to do stuff right uh, the first time than it is to to redo it and and you know there's always these sayings like oh we never enough time to do it right the first time but there's always money for a day two project and it's it's such a disaster you know if you can do stuff right the first time and it builds in that accountability and that credibility for your operators they show up and they respect the system more and they show up and they understand and you've gone to an effort to make it usable and to set the right context so they can be successful. Because at the end of the day, that's what this is about, helping them make a product for you and having great automation that, and, and gathering data properly and contextualizing it properly. That's K a oh, sorry. Yeah, go on. A said, working for Lonza, I would say that 4.0 solution is already used with Delta V. Uh, K would you provide more context on about why? I'd yeah. say if, if Walker was here now, he'd be like, oh, geez, <laughs> you know, that'd be like that OPC guy that he was saying, get him on uh, here. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> it's always like, I'm glad that he said that, because like if he feels that we don't want to uh, discourage people from saying that because we want to know why, you know, no, because no. Uh, it's sometimes people think that they're buying a 4.0 solution. But which, by the way, it's like anyone who's using that, like if anyone who's saying they're a 4.0 solutions provider, like. <laughs> Yeah. You know, anyways, uh, we we want that. We want more 4.0 solutions providers. That's that's our goal, right? So we we appreciate that. But but you know, 
don't be a 4.0 solutions provider and not actually be one, <laughs> especially when 4.0 solutions, the YouTube channel, which we're about to cross 10,000 subscribers. Mm -hmm. So we are the authority in the space. You, you know, you've got to at least comply with what we define, uh, how we define it. You know, it's in our name. That, that would be really exciting to see and to understand if, if Lonzo were doing 4.0 on top of Delta V. That would be pretty awesome. So, Kate, please um, follow up in the Discord or in the YouTube chat. Uh, Lenzo said, anyone used Cura from Eclipse as a low-cost edge gateway may be deployed on a hardened Raspberry Pi or edge computer running Docker. So eclipse.org slash Cura. Interesting. I have not I have not heard of it. Lenzo, uh, thank you for sharing, though. Is that Andrew Lenzo? Must have, all right, yeah. Um, if anyone's used it or have, has any experience with it, please share it in the Discord. Okay. Uh, Miklo Bath shared this. I'm trying to identify different hardwares and softwares, both open source and proprietary, that will support. Any advice, thoughts, or critical reviews, welcome. So I'm going to go ahead and show a blow, uh, a detailed shot of this here. So um, right away, like when I first see these, my first instinct is to identify where is the unified namespace, like at which point, and which is kind of a, an oxymoronical question because Walker will say it's every, it's everywhere. It knows everything and it's everywhere, but you'll typically have like a location for a, a, a central enterprise unified namespace, either on-prem or in the cloud. And it, it looks to be like, that might be this here, where this MQTT layer is. So yeah, this would be like their, um, this is, I, 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 you know, by the way, guys, if you guys do a drawing like this, make sure to call it like unified namespace. So you identify and the industry, anyone looking at it knows where the UNS is. But it looks like to be like that's where this would be, MQTT, Edge Gateway. Um, this hardware solution. I'd like to know what device this is. It looks like oh here it is. It, ha it looks like it has a unified name. There it is, unified namespace on a local unified namespace on board. Hmm. Yeah, no, this is a little bit weird because this says Edge Gateway, but it has a unified namespace here. Okay, so they're, this is their protocol converter. So they're taking their old stack here, the old ERP MES SCADA, and using these protocols to convert it into their cloud unified namespace with AWS, Google, IBM, et cetera. So, um, you know, it's definitely, it's a definitely a step in the right direction. I like that. Again, I like that it has unified namespace here. I'd like to see it designated here, especially if you're publishing it right here. Um, but no, overall, and then also I would like to see this uh, bi-directional arrow because a lot of people, you know, obviously want to go edge to cloud, but where certain cloud platforms, like specifically AWS, fall short is cloud to edge. And that's where we like AWS and specifically their integration with MQTT and Sparkplug B. It allows bi-directional edge to cloud, cloud to edge, which allows you to you know, bring those decisions from the cloud, roll them back down to your edge layer uh, at scale. Otherwise, you're doing that by hand. But thank you for sharing. Uh, there's a channel, Reference Architecture, uh, in Discord. Share your guys' architectures. We love seeing them, and it helps us. Each time, they get a little bit better. 
Derek Porto asked, hey, everyone, is there any info out there on the benefits of using Ignition's relational database only versus an additional process historian like Canary? Um, yes, and JS answered this one in the Discord. Thank you, JS, but I'll go ahead and comment on it here. It, it boils down to SQL when it gets to many, many, many rows, it starts to decrease its performance on retrieving those rules, uh, those rows. So while SQL is great for managing your transactions, um, for time series, because of the, the volume of writing and then the bringing that data back uh, to, for purposes of analysis and display, the process historian, you know, the time series database optimized for that is gonna be much better than uh, the Ignition relational database, which is just leveraging SQL but for small applications, it does work. With so many time series database engines, aren't the languages they are using very proprietary, like having 12 flavors of SQL? It seems like a time scale DB might have an advantage here because it borrows from SQL. So uh, time scale, we just talked about recently, um, they raised a $40 million series B round. They are a, a layer that sits off on top of Postgres SQL and it's, it optimizes the underlying database for time series database. So it's not like a proprietary database, like a, uh, or, you know, the underlying technology is not a flat, fly, flat file proprietary database like a canary, but it's more so sitting like on top of a PostgreSQL, right? That does have advantages. Um, a lot of people are using that more so for like IoT applications, like where your web developers are managing that infrastructure for DevOps. But it's not to say that that's better or worse, but we are finding that, especially for like OT personnel um, that are trying to do use historical data to solve their problems, having a, a Canary Lab, you know, having a Canary historian is just worth it. You know, it's, it's better. Uh, I mean, maybe there's a place for both, but you know, we are finding that the specific tool for that problem is, you know, that's what industry 4.0 enables you to have is having the right tool to solve the right problem. So for a specific problem, timescale DB would be the right solution. And then for other solutions, other problems, um, like most in, in just for most manufacturers and enterprises that we're working with, Canary is there, you know, going to be their enterprise historian, not at, like in, in place of Pi or where, you know, other companies that are closed might use a Pi historian. We would use a more open a Canary historian leveraging their MQTT connector. Uh, but then also, depending on which IIoT platform they're using, we might use their uh, proprietary pipe like for plumbing data from Canary straight into the IIoT platform. Like I know Factory Studio has a native connection to Canary. So, but that's all depending on your architecture, which the right architecture, the, the right, what the architecture you need becomes apparent when you design it in the DTMA. Matt Paris asked, "Have I've heard of a few people mention that Sparkle B can include encryption. I don't see this anywhere in the spec. Could someone point me in the right direction? I'm not sure if someone answered that, but um, I'm pretty sure it, like it uses the G the G zip, if I recall. Like I remember setting up the um, 
on in ignition the transmitter there's a checkbox for encryption or no maybe that no that's uh gzip is a compression um this is a this is a better question for walker or maybe uh if anyone from emq or hive mq or yeah emq or hive mq brokers you know if you guys know the answer to this question does spark plug b include encryption yes or no if so do you support it thank you how's everybody doing is, is this is this useful like i hope this uh stream is like oh wait you guys can't even see me I, tls yeah michael daldell said tls on the tcp layer hey brennan riley welcome one thing i was gonna doing? say um zach you know uh, when, when we when um Galerus and when we build our unified namespace on top of delta v i'm still thinking about the lanza delta v question guy and i'm like i wonder if somehow we could because we're open we could just show you guys what we built internally and say criticize it like tell us what you think is not good or what would improve it or you know maybe someone would learn from it and say oh okay so i could see how i could do this in pharma and they'd, they'd get a jump if it's useful for the community we could do that like you know just like there's no secrets here we're just trying to do the right thing so if if you're looking for feedback on your on your proof of concept yeah just if if you if you guys if you want to process it somehow in a public forum i'm game for that if someone wants to like say okay well look these guys are trying to do this in pharma here's what they're doing on top of delta v and you know have at it <laughs> you know okay if anyone wants to criticize it if you guys would be interested in, in hearing updates on that let us know i'm i'm more than happy to share it um just life science because, is a yeah, little weird you know? it's 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 a little different to to what the, the, you know some of the other industries that are a little easier to just get straight to the coding you know there's a lot of more yeah it's useful it's useful having uh vertical experts in the discord because like i, I don't know i guess i'm so deep into it that i i take it for granted sometimes to me it's just like why why would you not think this way or why would it be any different but i'm you know it's because i'm not involved in the life sciences uh industry yeah, like when you I are. First, yeah but like you know when i first found the videos or when i talk to an engineer now that's on a on a project for us and i start telling them about like the industry 4.0 stuff and they're like oh never heard of mqtt never heard of this or that you know and it's like we're so productized and we don't get to have platform discussions at the top of the project it's like here's what you're using and it's normally delta v or something like that and you know that's where that's where we've you know done fine you know supporting those kinds of projects but that's not the future right you know or sorry i don't want to say that's not the future and knock on delta v i'm just saying like there's there's a different mindset that that we need to digest and understand and Really is, is this ka that's in our in our mastermind or no that's kc that's kc fan um he said he'd be interested in seeing it we're currently using seek for also for ml integration oh they're doing ml and everything jeez that's awesome mm, yeah yes um wow but make sure we would we would kindly advise um, make sure you have your unified namespace in place before you do an ML initiative, because if you don't, you'll end up with a digital thread, which is not going to be scalable. Um, I'll leave a link to a card here. Like, uh, 
what is the digital thread, why your digital transformation strategy will fail. Um, I noticed I've seen a couple of webinars that had Seek specifically talking about, you know, industry 4.0 advanced analytics, but they didn't mention anything about unified namespace. They, you know, Seek will be happy to let you do advanced analytics that won't scale. You know what I'm saying? Right. So there, that's all right. When, when you talk about industry 4.0, there's, there's industry 4.0 features, but then there's industry 4.0 architecture and not everyone that offers industry 4.0 features or functionality knows what industry 4.0 architecture is to begin with. And then secondly, which I, I think seek does support the, the stack. It does support the minimum technical requirements so that, you know, but depending on who you talk to or who set it up, right. If an, if an industry 3.0 integrator set it up, they would, they wouldn't know any better, right? All you would know is, Hey, I'm doing an ML integration. You know, I'm not saying this for you, Kay. I'm just saying in general, this is what we're seeing. We're seeing sometimes, or like same thing with, Hey, I'm bringing in uh, Azure or I'm bringing in Accenture and they're doing an ML pilot with AWS even. Just because it's the AWS doesn't mean that you necessarily had the right architecture. This is why we come in behind even some of these big three consulting or even big three in integrators. And then we review, we do a peer review. It's, it's the same process as a DTMA. D we do a DTMA after we conduct a peer review on their what what they the architecture they've recommended sometimes it's close sometimes it's you know but in any case we we do do that so but like i was saying you know make sure you have the unified namespace in place have the right strategy have the right architecture work with one of our solutions architects to get that in place that's awesome yeah um how to connect siemens plc with python to read and write data uh so Python, I think you can get a, a a free open source Python MQTT broker called Mosquito that supports publishing and subscribing. So if you just wanted to spin something up and play around with it, you can use Mosquito. Um, funny enough, my uncle actually, my uncle uh, Kurt Braun has a lot of videos uh, leveraging the Raspberry Pi and doing small things like um, connect. He he works with Wago. So he'll be like connecting the Wago to a MQTT broker on a Raspberry Pi and, and plumbing that into node red. Like he does a lot of those tutorials and stuff. So, uh, Kurt Braun or Wago Kurt would be a good channel to look at that if you want to know how to do that. But, um, yeah, I would, I would, um, I mean, obviously you can, you know, connect to it via OPC and then you could use the Python scripting engine in, let's say factory studio or ignition. So that's another easy way you could do it. Um, but yeah, either way, or, uh, yes, yeah, because Siemens does have that MQTT, uh, block doesn't support spark plug B yet. And you kind of have to plumb in, you have to manually connect the, the values that you want to publish in their connector. They don't just allow you to publish their own, their whole namespace, which, was really what we want to see. We want to be able to see a, a node, whether it's a piece of software, a human, or a piece of hardware, take their internal namespace and publish that into a unified namespace <laughs> so then we can all work together. But uh, we're getting there. Yeah. Uh, Miklo asks, Cloud Ready Firmware platform provider goliath.io allows device makers to enable cloud 
connected IoT. Let's see. IF.io. I've never heard of it. Nice. Cool. Is it like a Docker? Is it like running containers on the edge or flexibility for developers? When when embedded developers are encouraged to use tools they're familiar with, the resulting IoT devices are more robust, reliable, and reach production sooner. So this looks like a DevOps engine for IoT devices or something like that. That's cool. All right, I'm gonna join. Join the beta. Um, features, broad hardware vendor support, bring your own hardware, hardware custom modules, bring your own SIM. So we'll leave a link, we'll leave a link. I'll, actually, I'll just drop it here in the uh, the chat. I hooked my balls up to the car battery. <laughs> What is this guy saying? <laughs> um, really appreciate your input, Paul. I like your take on what you talked about. Thanks, Mason. Yeah. Um, no, Paul, thanks for coming on today. Uh, we do. We are coming up to the end of the hour, and I do want to be respectful of everyone's time. Um, next week, we will have Walker Reynolds back. But more importantly, uh, this Friday, we do have our webinar, um, which is going to be if you're in industry 4.0 or you are in manufacturing this is going to be an event worth attending because depending on where you're at in your career we're going to give you the roadmap for your career success what you need to learn what you need to study what you need to focus on and we're going to also offer you the support systems in place to help you get there whether it's at a free level this this event on friday is free or whether that's in our mentorship program or in our mastermind program. So, Paul, thank you so much. Um, dude, I couldn't have asked for more kind words, so thank you. I really do appreciate that. No, it's great what you guys are doing because honestly, like, it, you know, it's just inspiring. So we're delighted to have you guys as a resource to help us figure it out because we want to do what you guys are trying to achieve. You know, we want to be part of that. And it's- You guys are doing it. You guys yeah. are doing it. Yeah, but, and it's, it's, it's enjoyable and it's fun. And um, yeah, love Thanks, it. Michael. Um, thanks, Blake. Blake said we're killing it. Um, <laughs> so I do want to say, uh, last but not least, if you guys want to know what our mission and values are all about, Walker had an amazing, uh, like five minute speech last at the last Q and a talking about what our missions and values are. And I also shared that on LinkedIn talking about what is a faith-based system integrator. And I, I, you know, I feel like, you know, so if you haven't seen that already, go watch that. And thank you guys for joining the live stream. We'll see you guys next week or we'll see you guys this Friday. Bye.